Good morning, everybody. Good morning. To begin with a Guten Chodesh, Chodesh Tov, which means Happy New Month. Today is the first day of the month, and it's a special day for women. We know that when it came to the sin of the golden calf, the women did not participate. And therefore, they were given a gift of Rosh Chodesh. Every Rosh Chodesh is a gift to all the women. And primarily, it means they have a day off on Rosh Chodesh. It's a day they celebrate. So if you didn't know this up until now, now you know. We celebrate it. Celebrate. You go home and celebrate. Number two is, I want to mention, we have a class coming up called Angels. God's Angels. Or... Godly Angels. And it starts November 6th, right here at uh, Congregation of Avram, 117 Remsen Street in downtown Brooklyn. That's again uh, next Wednesday at 8 p.m. I hope you can make it. Getting to the Parsha, Noach. We just read the Parsha, all the ladies read different verses of the Parsha. We're going to focus on chapter number 8. Verse number 16. And that is after the flood. The flood lasted 40 days and 40 nights. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And then they were a total of 365 days in the Teva. In this one box, in this one boat, that had three floors. On one floor it had all the animals of the world. All the animals were there, including Shadim including devils and demons and mosquitoes. Yes, can you imagine if we would have left out the mosquitoes? Everybody was there in the Teva. And after one complete year, Noah is told by God, say mina Teva, leave the Teva. So after 365 days, being locked up in this box, Teva means a box, God has to command Noah, say mina Teva. Now, not only does he say Tseim he says, Tseim Menateva ato you, number one, ve'ishtocha, your wife, uvenecha, and your sons, unishevenecha, and the wives of your sons, itach with you. Furthermore, kolachaya, all the animals, ashe itcha, that are with you, mikol basar, ba'oyif, ba'behima, uvechol, you, all flesh, all birds, all domesticated animals, any creeping things on the ground, all insects, take out with you from the table. And you shall be fruitful and you shall multiply upon the earth. Look at verse number 18. Noyach. Noyach went out, Uvanov and his sons. He changed the commandment. God told him, you and your wife. And all of a sudden it says, you, Noyach went out, Uvanov and his sons, before his wife. And then Vishay and then his wife. Uh-huh. And then the wives of his sons. Now, after God tells Noah, you shall be fruitful and you shall multiply, he goes on to say again, chapter number 9. And God blesses Noah and his sons. 
You shall be fruitful, you shall multiply, you shall fill up the entire earth. Okay. Furthermore, the Rambam uses the verse here in Noach to teach us of the mitzvah to have children. Even though already God told Adam and Eve the mitzvah, be fruitful and multiply, for some reason the Rambam chooses the latter, which is the pasuk here in the portion of Noach, to be as the proof for the mitzvah of Pru to be fruitful and to multiply. Another interesting thing, the mitzvah is only upon men, not women. A woman has no mitzvah to have children. Why not? You would think, on the contrary, she is the one that carries the child for nine months. She has to go through all the anguish and pain and schlep around the kid before and after, and there's no mitzvah. Why is there no mitzvah for women when it comes to have children? Okay, so we have these questions, and one more last insight. Rashi. What does the Rashi say here? If you look at the Rashi, we made a copy for everyone. Verse number 16 and verse number 17. You have a copy? In verse number 16 it says, thank you. It says, go out of the Teva. Same in Teva. Says Rashi, you and your wife. Says Rashi, Ish v'ishtoi kan lehem Man and woman, why? Because here, God permitted to them to have married relations. In other words, throughout the 365 days on the Teva, on the ark, on the boat, Marital relations were totally prohibited for all man and beast. No animals were allowed to have relations. No man or women were allowed to have relations. Why? The world is now in a state of destruction. It's being destroyed and you're having fun. No, there's no marital relations now through 365 days. It was prohibited for all humankind and for all of God's creatures. So now God says, go out of the Teva, you and your wife, implying together as a family, as one, and therefore you should start to procreate. Now, number two, Rashi goes on to say, interesting, we have right here in this verse a unique concept called the Kri and Exiv. Kri means it's written one way and read another way. Exiv, it's written one way, and Kri, we read it another way. Rashi says that they're both correct. We have to read the Kri and the Ksiv. And if you look here on Rashi, he says as follows. In Rashi number 17, it says, all the animals that are with you, Hayitsei Itoch. What does Hayitsei Itoch mean? Bring out with you. Now, it could be read Hayitsei or Hoitsei. Hayitzay means tell them that they should get out of the Teva. But if they don't want to leave the Teva, Hoitzay, force them out. So Hayitzay means speak to them nicely. If they don't get the hint, Hoitzay, force them out of the Teva. Now, we come back to the original question. And that is, why must God command Noah after one complete year being stuck in a box to leave? Any normal person would want to get the heck out of there very quick. 
Why must he be commanded and told, leave? And not only leave, make sure you take out every single animal from that box together with you. Do not leave till everyone is out. And if they don't want to leave, you force them out. Why is this so important for the Torah to tell us this detail? Okay, and what's, of course, the lesson to all of us today in our generation? A very powerful concept. If you think about it for a moment, how is it possible that all the creatures of the entire world, lions, tigers, bears, oh my, and all of these things were together in one table? How is it possible? And furthermore, if you look at a zoo, right, for one lion, you're like 10 people feeding it and protecting it and protecting the people from the lion, etc., etc. And here you have all the lions, all the tigers, all the leopards, all the bears, all the types of bears, white bears, black bears, brown bears, ferocious bears, mama bears, daddy bears, baby bears, and all of these animals together with mice, and roaches and mosquitoes are all on the table. There are only two mosquitoes. They cannot procreate. None of them died. None of them attacked one the other. And only Noah and his immediate family of his three sons and their wives were the zookeepers of the entire world population and creatures at that time. Every day, Noah and his wife and his family had to feed all the animals. There was a miracle that the food that they took into the Teva did not spoil. You buy milk. It says August 19th. It's already spoiled on August 15th. And here, and here, they had food for the entire year for all the animals. And nothing went sour, nothing spoiled. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. The whole Teva was a miracle. There was the aura of Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, it says, the God is the Ave and Keves, that is the Ave, the wolf, will lie together with the lamb. Famous uh, story that, that uh, a young boy once came to the Bronx Zoo, right? And they saw a cage that said, the miracle of the Mashiach, and here lies the wolf and the lamb. And, and it was unbelievable, a wolf and a lamb were together in the same cage. And the mother went over to the zookeeper and said, how do you do this? It's unbelievable. He says, well, every day we change the lamb. <laughs> so it was a miracle in the Bronx Zoo. Yet, yet, on the table, on the boat, we don't find that any animals died or that any animals killed one the other. They lasted the entire year. So understanding this, you can understand why Noah did not want to leave. And you can understand why the, the animals did not want to leave. Because even the animals were changed. Their entire character of who they were was totally transformed. The lions and the tigers and the bears were no longer carnivores. They were no longer killing other animals for their food. They became vegetarians on the boat. And they were happy to live with one another with peace and harmony. 
So the animals themselves did not want to leave because they knew when they leave the boat, they're going to change. They, didn't want, they don't want to be ferocious. They don't want to scare all the kids in the Bronx Zoo. They want them to be nice, but you can't change your nature. Sometimes you could. Humans can't. But animals can't. So you have all these animals on the Teva living in the, the utopia of the world to come of how it's going to be when Mashiach comes. So they don't want to leave. So God has to command Noach, get out all the animals. Even though they're going to return to their previous state and in the Teva they were in a state of peace and tranquility because the Teva itself had this aura, this light that was so powerful that caused people to change. And that's why when you go to a good environment, a healthy environment, you change. Even if you yourself are nasty and even if you yourself are bad and even if you yourself are ferocious, if you go into a healthy, beautiful environment, it has an impact on you. And similarly, the boat itself, the Teva itself, had this tremendous positive impact upon everybody and everybody felt calm, and cool and collected and relaxed for the entire year. This was an amazing miracle. So now God tells Noach, tell them to leave. And they don't want to leave, they have to leave. Why? Because they have to procreate. And they have to have many, many children. In the Teva, they are limited. It's a little box. There's no way they can have children over here. They have to go out and start to pru urvu umilu Now, that's true for the animals. What about Noah? What about his wife? Why were they commanded now to leave the Teva? As we read earlier, God tells Noah in verse number 16, same in the Teva, leave the Teva, Atav Yishtuchayu on your wife. And then we read in verse number 18, it says, and Noah and his sons went out. What happened over here? Noach was very concerned. He was afraid to have children. I should have children. After witnessing an entire world go through a holocaust, after witnessing the entire world decimated, after witnessing the entire world going through a flood and being wiped out, I should have more children? Maybe tomorrow God's going to bring another flood and all my work will be in vain. And we know that parents, even if they have 20 children, every child is important. You're not going to say, well, 19 out of 20 is a pretty good average. Every child is like your only child. Every child you love with your whole heart and your whole soul. And for Noah to think for one moment that he would now, once again, start to work on having children. And God is going to decide down the road to bring a mabel. Noah therefore hesitated leaving the table. And therefore, God had a promise, Noah. I will no longer bring a flood upon the world. And he made a rainbow as a proof that no longer will there be any floods. But even after all this, Noah was not ready to go. Because Noah said, you know what? Okay, you won't bring a flood. But maybe my children will become debased. Maybe they're going to be as bad as the generation of the Mabu. So you won't destroy them with a mob, it'll be even worse. You have all these terrible people roaming the earth. That itself is a, is a mob. That itself is a holocaust. So by Yivarich, God now forces Noah out of the Teva. 
and he blesses him, and he promises him that he will no longer bring a flood upon the earth. In chapter 9, it says, So how do we answer all these problems? Noah's concerns. So there are a few concerns that people have. Number one is, what is the importance of having children? And number two, what about financial burdens and spiritual burdens? So, to answer each question, number one is the, the Mitzvah Pruravu has a tremendous power. It reveals God's infinity in the world. Everything in the world, as it gets older, it gets smaller and weaker, yet the power to have children is ongoing. So you have a child, and your child has a child, and that child has a child. This reveals God's infinity in the world. This can only be revealed outside the Teva, not in the Teva, because in the Teva you have a limitation. The lesson for us in life is that many people are focused on themselves. It's about me, my career, my, my, my professionalism, my success, my happiness, my joy. And the answer is, when it comes to me, I'm in the table. There's a box. There's a limitation. There's a ceiling. I cannot go beyond that. Once I begin to think about others and care about others, I have the power of infinity. So it's same in a table. You have to leave yourself. Stop thinking so much about yourself and think about others for a little bit, and this will bring you tremendous success. Number two, God tells Noah, you have to leave the Teva because there was a Holocaust. There was a, a terrible, terrible flood, and now you have a job to, to fill the world. Just a short time ago, the Jewish people witnessed a terrible Holocaust when six million of our brothers and sisters were killed and died, and we need to replenish the world. And therefore we have the obligation as, as Jews to continue this national and, and international Jewish force in the world and the, the mitzvah of having children. Now what about the concerns of, of spirituality? Today the world has so many challenges and it's not the, and, and you know, to raise a child today is not the same way it was in Europe in a little shtetl. And um, we all want to have nachos on our children. Maybe we're not prepared. Maybe we're not spiritually good enough. Uh, maybe we don't have the right tools to, to raise children. So there's a famous story of Chizkiah Melech, who was one of the greatest kings of Judah, that God told him he's going to die. He was on his deathbed, and Yeshaya Novi comes in and says, you should know you're dying. You're not going to get up from this illness. And Chizkiah says, why? Why not? He says, why? You never got married. He said, never got married? I'll tell you why. Because I have prophecy. And I knew that I would have a child who would bring terrible tragedies to all of Israel, who would cause all of Israel to serve idols, and would undo all the work that I did and all my predecessors did. And Yeshaya Navi said to him, that's not your business. That's not your job. Your job is to do the mitzvah. Your job is to have children. How are they going to turn out? That's God's responsibility, not yours. Yes, you have to do the best. You got to send them to the best yeshivas. And you got to give them the best foods. Holistic foods and organic foods and kosher foods and delicious foods and healthy foods and all these wonderful things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's in God's hands. Furthermore, Chizkiah only saw one generation. He didn't see the next generation. Yes, you'll have a terrible child. But after him, he's going to come to Yeshua Melech 
who it says upon him, there was never a king before him and never a king after him of his greatness, who returned to God with his entire heart. So the job is, we are limited in our vision, we are limited in our understanding, and, and as, as Jews, we have the responsibility to have children. What happened was Chizkiyah Melch turned around to the wall, he cried and he prayed. And God said to Yeshaya Navi, tell Chizkiyah Melch, I heard his prayers and I saw his tears. And he is answered. I am going to give him 15 more years. And that's why Chizkiyah Melch, you have the Yud and the He in his name to imply 15 more years that he was granted. He got married to the daughter of Yeshayah Navi. And they had a child. And he was a terrible child. He was trouble. He did exactly what Chizkiyah Melech thought he was going to do. And he turned Israel upside down on its head and did terrible things. But he had a son, Yeshayah Melech, who brought back Israel to a tremendous level of tshuva and repentance. So it comes to spiritual things. We do have a choice. We got to do our best. The next excuse is Gashmius. And that is earning a living... Today, yeshivas are very expensive. Food is very expensive. Rent is very expensive. iPhones are the most expensive. I mean, <laughs> after paying your bill of iPhone, you have no money for milk or coffee after that. <laughs> so, how do you do this? And the answer is, the Rebbe says an amazing thing. When it comes to your parnasa, mm -hmm. you don't have a free choice. In other words, it's not in your hands. <clears throat> this is all in the hands of God. And God has to provide for you. And he will provide for you. And part of it is, is taking the quantum leap. It's jumping into the Red Sea. Is to have a little bit of faith in Hashem. And I can tell you personally, my wife is right here next to me and she'll uh, testify, <laughs> that, that each child brought their own silver spoon. Each child brought their own mazel. And we, we, we first came to Brooklyn Heights. We could not afford to pay the rent. We did not have money for rent. Okay, after the shul gave me my salary, I covered a week and a half rent. <laughs> the other three and a half, other two and a half weeks I was living in the street, I came back into the house for the next month. And it was only because of, thank God, the, you know, good people that started with my parents and, and her parents that were able to, to survive. But each child brought tremendous new opportunity and new blessing, and logically it makes no sense. So if you, I would say... You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but if I would know that, uh, would I know that each child would do all that? No question. I had no idea whatsoever. We had no idea where to turn, where it would come from. And logically, it makes no sense where it came from. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the month, you had to pay your bills. The money wasn't sitting in the account. So when it comes to gashmius, when it comes to monetary support and, and livelihood, a Jew has to believe that if God gives us the commandment, he's going to take care of us. Thirdly, the other question is, I don't have enough calm and coolness to raise children. Um, I don't have patience to raise children. I don't have the koichis, the ability to do this. And the answer to that is, God only requests us to do according to what we can do. He would not give us a task we cannot accomplish. And as we see it in many marriages, Two healthy people, they try to have children, they don't have children. And then there are those people who doctors say, you'll never have children, they do have children. Because ultimately, the blessing of children is in the hands of God. What does that mean? It means we have to do ours, and he does his. 
If it's meant to have a child, have a child. And on the contrary, those who are concerned about family planning and, and try to limit the amount of children, only the opposite happens because the idea of the depression and discord are when you don't have children. When you have children and they keep you busy and they make you sugar and they make you nuts and they make you get up early in the morning and they give you a, a, a seder, an order in your day, yeah. you have purpose, you have meaning yeah. and life is exciting. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then when you grow older, you have all these hundreds of eight o'clock running around the house. <laughs> I mean, forget about retiring. You can't even go to sleep at night. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Life is full of joy and happiness. And then you have people, and we all know these people, who are 80 and 90, and there's no one who visits them, not in the house, not in the old age home, and, and nobody knows you exist, and becomes very lonely. So, when you're young, and you can do it, and you have the power, don't think. Be naive, be crazy and wild, have many kids. Say manateva, get out of your box, get out of your brain, get out of your mind. Stop thinking so much. And each child, I can tell you, Baruch Hashem, that we have, we, we love, and we care about, and it's a blessing for us. And, and in truth, if you could have another six, you know, it would be an amazing thing also. <laughs> hint, hint. So, so Baruch Hashem, this is, this is the, the story of the Tevis. Not only a story that happened many years ago, that God brought a flood to the world, but really, it's a lesson for all of us in life. And it's a blessing to maintain a happy and healthy, joyous life. Finally, each one of us prays every day for the coming of Mashiach. The Gemara says in Yevamis, Tafsamach Bezam at Aleph, page 62, side A, that Ein ben David ba ad yuchlu kol That Mashiach cannot come, the son of David cannot come until all the souls that are in heaven, in a treasure house called Guf, come down to this world. So the, the more children we have, the closer we get to the coming of Mashiach. Now, those who already finished having children or, or don't have children, you could also fulfill the mitzvah of Pruravu. You could inspire another person to do a mitzvah. You could support a child going to yeshiva. You could adapt a child. There's so many things that you could do to fulfill the mitzvah of Pruravu to be fruitful and to multiply. You could, you could tutor a child. You could, you could invite a child to, to shul. You could buy a pair of tefillin for, for, for a young Jewish boy. You could buy a candlestick for a Jewish girl. These are ways that we participate in pruravu and to be fruitful and to multiply. And literally mitzvahs are pruravu. And that's why this year, Tav Shem Pei, is Tehei Shnas Pruravu. It should be a year of being fruitful and multiplying. It's also a year of Parnassa. Pay stands for Parnassa. It's going to be a lot, a lot of money this year. You guys are going to make millions and billions and trillions of dollars. But you have to make a vessel for that. You got to create a vessel. So we hope and pray that each one of us will be like Noah. And that is Noah saw a new world. And he had big dreams. And we need to go in the ways of Noah, which means pleasantness and to bring Nachas Ruach and tremendous divine pleasure to, to our families and to the world and to build the world because each person is an Eulah Malay, each person is a complete world which means each one of us has the, the opportunity to, to build the entire world. One last story, the, uh, 
the 40 days and 40 nights that God brought the Mabal on the, on the world, <coughs> according to Kabbalah and Chassidish, represented a mikvah. A mikvah is 40 sa'a. And so these 40 days and 40 nights were to refine the world from its impurity and to create a new level of, of holiness in the world. The story is told that, that uh, a rabbi once came to the Rebbe and the Rebbe said to him, what are you doing about mikvah in your community? And he told the Rebbe, well, nobody in my community is interested in mikvah. So he says, look, you've got to go back and make a lecture and put out flyers and, and make a, an entire series and teach about mikvah. He said to the Rebbe, I, I hear you and I, and, and I respect you, but I'm telling you, nobody in my community is interested in mikvah. The Rebbe says, look, you've got to do it anyway. You're a rabbi of the community. I've got to do something about mikvah. So he goes back and he makes this whole lecture series and he puts out flyers and, and uh, ads in the newspaper and he prepares uh, an amazing lecture and one woman shows up. <laughs> Next time he's in New York, he goes back to the Rebbe and the Rebbe says, no, so how is the lecture series? <laughs> he says, Rebbe, you see, I told you nobody was interested only one woman showed up. And the Rebbe said, really, just one woman showed up? And how many mothers did Moshe Rabbeinu have? Mm. Just one mother. That one mother can have a child like Moses and bring salvation to the entire world. To bless everybody with health, happiness, joy, children and grandchildren... And uh, they say all the time, grandparents have to motivate their children. You got to tell them, every child you have, I will pay for the Jewish education. Mm. I will pay for their socks. I will pay for their shoes. I will pay for their clothing. That is the way we motivate the kids. And that's why Hashem blessed you with all the dough, with all the money, to be able to support your grandchildren. So if you want to have more grandchildren, you got to give them incentives. And you have to help them, support them, Love them, care about them, because they're going to give you something that you can't give them. And that is Yiddish Nachas. So have an amazing day, everybody. An amazing week, an amazing year. And let us look forward to this new world that we're all going to build. Amen. 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 Watch out, Johnny, you want six more. <coughs>